I am Doug Friedman, and I am joined today by a colleague, actually very much a colleague. We work together and a good friend, good person, good vibes. I don't know, good something. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how good it is. Uh, Sasha Brodsky, welcome. Hey, thank you. It's awesome to be here today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird, I think, because we talk all the time. <laughs> totally. And usually not in front of microphones, but right, you know, it just right. adds a nice little uh, layer to right. everything. So. Right. Careful what you say. It's being recorded. Ah! Right. All right. We talk a very similar language. Mm-hmm. And that's something that when we first started working together, really kind of drew us both to each other. Said, mm-hmm. oh, wait, you speak an analogy. You speak a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's really cool. And you've heard a bunch of the Drew sessions and, and the episodes. So you you know. Mm-hmm. And it's even cool, like, talking to you and going like, oh, yeah, yeah. One, one of those, I use that or I, I put my spin on it, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Like, there's so many things I've heard in the Drew sessions where there's such good ways of thinking about, like, how we think and how we feel that like I pull it out all the time in sessions with my own clients where it just becomes my own way of interpreting how you do things. It's cool to take things and shift it and morph it. Yeah. And it's cool talking to you about that because I can hear you talking to your clients and you go, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I use this metaphor. Like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, nice. That's like this one of Mm -hmm. mine. You're like, I know that's where I got it. (laughs) And it's cool because we, we mm-hmm. see that clients, depending on who they are, really take to it. Mm-hmm. That's why listeners out there have heard me use certain analogies and metaphors with Drew and he throws them back. Like mm-hmm. he's really retained them and made them his own, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And he uses some of his own. Every client that we have, you find what they're going to relate to, what they're going to use. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not just one set of analogies that you use for everybody across the board, mm-hmm. right? Totally. And it's like you develop this your own unique language with the client where you have your, the set of metaphors that you pull out and maybe it's referencing a different movie, a different TV show, a different fandom, for example. Right. But it's, you're getting into their head and their world and like you create this world of metaphor together. Yeah, exactly. And you have your own language for things. And totally. It's cool. It's, it's really, I think kind of neat because we have many clients. Mm-hmm. So when you see clients, you're talking a slightly different language with each one. So mm-hmm. you really do get in the headspace of, okay, who am I seeing now? Right. We talk this way. Mm-hmm. Got it. And and you, you adjust mm-hmm. and that's where you go. Right. Completely. Yeah. And it's the same and it's different. Right. There's <laughs> such this cool duality of that where it's like getting to be the same with everyone, but also being this unique and different flavor totally. of it. So. Which I, I don't know, listeners, you guys, I mean, we're here on the Patreon. So you guys <laughs> are the ones that have been listening to Drew mm-hmm. more extensively and hearing Sarah now on the regular podcast, mm-hmm. like you do hear, I'm the same guy, but I might sound mm-hmm. slightly different or maybe I sound the same. I have no idea. One would hope you're at least similar enough, but, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, but I think it's a different tone because- I don't know if you feel the same way, but you meet a client where they're at and, yep. and where you're at sometimes with Drew is a different place than where you're at with Sarah. Yeah. And, you know, like I can go into my 12 o'clock session and be in a certain place with that client, but then you have to kind of set shift a little bit if someone's coming in at a different right. frequency. Yeah. That's why people ask, and, and Meredith and I battle about this, the, the 10 minutes in between clients, you know, why it's a 50 minute hour, not a 60 minute hour is so you mm-hmm. can kind of go, okay. 
that's what just happened. If mm -hmm. I need to make a note or, or think about that. And, and mm -hmm. technically we are supposed to write a note about mm -hmm. the, the client and, and what we did. And then you need to kind of gear up and, and switch gears. It does take a minute. Yeah. It's not like, oh, that 10 minutes, like we get to chill out and uh, meditate. Yeah. No, if you're lucky, you can go to the bathroom, mm -hmm. get a coffee if you need yeah. one. Grab some water. Right. Yeah. Write a note, gear up for the next one and boom, you're right in it. I mean, it's why a therapist day is really intense. Like I, I read something that said it was written for uh, people to understand who are partners mm -hmm. of therapists. Mm -hmm. And it was, the tone was your therapist partner might work a, an eight hour day, but it's the equivalent of a 16 hour day for you. Mm -hmm. And it was because you're so engaged mm -hmm. and you, your time is not your own for that entire work day. Mm -hmm. And when you're just sitting with the client, all the stuff that's going through your head that you have to think about, about where they're going, where they need to go, where they want to go, what they're actually saying in the present mm -hmm. and everything they've been through in the past, mm -hmm. holding all that. I had a, a friend once who was also a therapist who talked about it sometimes it's like juggling flaming chainsaws. Like you've got all <laughs> these different like elements that you're trying to juggle at the same time. Right. And the double listening. And so like, it's not just what someone's saying, it's what they're not saying. And right. you have to be so completely present in that moment Absolutely. just to roll with what's coming up. And I think about that sometimes where it's like other people have like the eight hour work day when they're in meetings or like, you know, <laughs> you get a little bit of downtime to respond to some emails. And right. yeah, it's not that at all. It's like, okay, how do I completely jump into this person's experience with them? Right. And then flow into another one. Right. Where, oh man, it yeah. just made me almost. <laughs> Miss the days of like working in a in an office nine mm -hmm. to five pretty mm -hmm. much and like awesome. It was predated like Facebook and, and Instagram <laughs> and TikTok, so it was more like cool. I can play Minesweeper and, and Free Cell. And, oh know. man, Minesweeper was the best. Yeah, <laughs> it was it like, was the worst, but it was great. Well, totally, and you could just kind of zone out, and no one could reach you unless they called you on the telephone in your office. Like, right. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, the old days. Yeah. Now we're just um. here all the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, that's what we do. It's, it's partly what we love. And you guys are about to hear me be present with Drew. And just so you know, I mean, I think, Sasha, you already know. Mm -hmm. But we've been talking the last couple episodes about he kind of went into some relationship stuff some work stuff and really just the overall sense of individuation of being his own person and really just growing some, some confidence and having the courage to do that on his own and come from that place. And last week he was talking about gearing up to go home for the holidays, which he kind of gets into. And, and we hear like in the first line of what he says, <laughs> like, uh, well, you guys, you guys will hear <laughs> and we will be here and we'll be back with you in, in a few minutes. It's a shorter one, this one, and we'll, we'll tell you why in a second. And we'll, uh, we'll be right back. Both my parents have COVID, so I ended up having to cancel my wow. trip. It all worked out. I don't know, that was kind of scary to hear that they had COVID. And my dad's fever just broke like yesterday. And it's been 10 days. So he's been wow. really going through it. I was bummed I didn't go home. Glad I'm here, but I'm so bummed I didn't get to see my parents. I was bummed, but I still had a really good Thanksgiving. Interesting, because there's a change in you. <laughs> Both my parents had COVID. A year ago, you would have dropped everything to get out there and take care of them. 
And I give myself a little pat on the back to feel okay that they're going to be okay. Even if they're not okay, like I know this is the right decision. And to put myself in that position to go see them and to potentially right. get it as well, just doesn't, doesn't make sense as much as I want to go see them. And so I checked in a bunch and my, my dad's still not feeling great, but his fever just broke yesterday. Did they get the, the loss of the sense of smell and the fatigue and that whole bit? Well, my dad's like me. And so we don't smell anyway. And it was actually really funny because my mom was finally like, yo, I lost my sense of smell and I couldn't taste anything. I finally understand what you and dad go through every day. And I'm like, thank you. Like you finally understand what it's like to not taste something. Wait, back up a second. Cause this is news to me. I don't think you've ever told me this. Really? Yeah. No sense of smell. I have no sense of smell. I mean, I probably have 10, 15% sense of smell and I can smell some things very rarely. And that obviously affects my taste because it's 80% yep. smell. So that whole idea of like having a Thanksgiving meal that tastes so good, like, eh. I don't look forward to Thanksgiving dinner the way normal people do because it's all texture for me. And I hate the texture of turkey. I hate it. That's a level that most people don't think that much about. I mean, they might if they're talking about like eating mushrooms or oysters or like squishy stuff or crunchy stuff, like texture is really important in food. And for you, it's like, that's a larger percentage of it than the actual taste. Oh, it's a hundred percent of it. Cause like peas, I can't eat peas cause of the mushy and like chocolate milk. I love chocolate milk. The texture is different than regular milk. Yeah. So like going to a big party with champagne and caviar, you're like caviar. No way. Well, I actually do like caviar cause it's so salty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can taste the salt. Right. Like, okay. So like anchovies. So Caesar salad with good. Oh, good salty. Yeah. There you go. Favorite foods. Like the instant when you put it in your mouth, I can taste that usually. And then right. it's gone. That's interesting. So walk me through with, with girlfriend talking about that for Thanksgiving. How was that? It was, I laughed. Honestly, I thought it was really funny because I deal with this every year. I mean, it was me, her sister, and her mom. We were all just kind of sitting there talking about what we wanted to eat. And so they threw it at me. I mean, being a guy, you understand me, where women are always like, I don't know what I want to eat, but I don't want that. They always don't know what they want, but they don't want that. <laughs> right. So I was like, man, I don't know. I'm pretty easy. Like, I'll go for like a ham, you know, trying to like feel festive still and, and kind of be a part of it. I was like, I normally do like cheeseburgers or like, being Canadian, I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving like that. And so right. we usually do like grouse or pheasant, something like that, deer, venison. That's my norm. And so when I was like, let's do cheeseburgers or something, everybody kind of stepped <laughs> back and like was like, what? <laughs> and then they're like, let's do cheeseburgers. And so we ended up in cheeseburgers and chicken. So like that was really funny. I feel a lot better now knowing that girlfriend know how I felt and can connect with me on that level. Holidays are really hard for me. That she definitely connected with me and was there for me. And so I kind of released that over the mm. last couple of weeks of yeah. needing to connect with somebody on a certain level or needing them to understand. Right. Everybody experiences things differently because of the experience that they've already gone through. And I think you threw that line at me at one point. And I kind of realized that even though we can go through the same experience, we're going to go through it differently because of the experiences we've already had. The mile markers I already have, I see it differently than the mile markers she has. And I, it yeah. was kind of like a revelation. I love that you're, you're seeing that. And I think that <laughs> the example I gave to you when I first was talking about this way back when, 
has new meaning right now because it, I don't know if you remember, it was from the a Nicolas Cage movie called City of Angels, right? Where he's an angel, comes down on earth and Meg Ryan's the girl that he's into and she's eating a pear and he goes, hey, what does that taste like? And she's like, it's a pear. You know what a pear tastes like? And he goes, I don't know what it tastes like to you. So she describes it and what you just described was us when we were talking about that. Like, what's your experience of the thing? I don't know your experience. It's a really interesting way to think about our different perspectives. Their experience of something might be similar to yours, but it won't be the same. And I think you've struggled with this in the past. I see you releasing it. In order for them to relate to me, they need to know what my experience is. Right. That's what I'm really good at is putting myself in other people's shoes and relating to whatever gear they're at. I just haven't, not that I haven't found it. I just was looking for it, I think, in the wrong places. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm really happy to experience life for myself now and still be able to share that. Whereas what I was trying to do, I think, was experience it with other people so that, that I didn't feel alone in it. That's huge. Yeah. And that almost touches on what you and I talked about a while back about the difference between being lonely and being alone and feeling alone in the world can be very isolating. Feeling lonely can be heartbreaking and isolating too, but being alone is okay. That feeling is different. And I think for you, you were looking at trying to fuse and share feelings, yours and theirs with each other so that I was not alone. And therefore, I didn't feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds a little different now. Like you're realizing, no, no, we can have our separate, different experiences of something. Pick up this thought for me. Maybe by virtue of that, by being whole and seeing the other person as whole and not trying to fuse, I can actually relate and share better with them because I'm not trying to become one with them. All right, take over because you're nodding. I see you getting this. Well, I think it gets down to choice and obligation. I feel like I obligate myself when I'm trying to connect like that and almost forcing it. Whereas now what I'm realizing is experiencing something not alone, but by myself, even though I can experience it with other people and then sharing that experience, it feels a lot more comfortable in the sense Mm. of I don't feel like I have to put an asterisk to my experiences anymore because it's what I want to feel. And I don't have to change my feelings or dilute or overextend them to connect with people anymore. And I think that's something I did too, was I try to match feelings in experiences. And so a lot of the times I was feeling what other people were feeling to feel it with them. So I didn't feel alone in that experience. The dangers of being an empath and being a, a very sensitive person and taking on someone else's feelings is that you then feel what they're feeling deeply. And a byproduct of that is you lose touch and lose sight of what you're feeling yourself. And therefore, you're defined by someone else's feelings, someone else's reaction, someone else's experience. And after a while, you might go, hey, where's my voice? Or if that someone else leaves or goes away, it's devastating because now you have no idea who you are. Mm-hmm. You just know you've been abandoned. And that's scary. Right. It's crazy. I I don't know why this thought kind of popped up. It makes a lot of sense right now. In junior high, and that's like the time of my life where I think was most impacted by a lot of different things. 
Right. And now that I'm picking out one at a time, I can see all the compounding factors. I remember sitting in my room one night and kind of saying to myself, well, people don't like you for who you are. So be the person that they like. I kind of like rearranged my thought process of chameleon myself, be able to make friends and be in a space where I was accepted. And I, I really realized for the last probably 10 years of my life, I kind of followed that pattern. I think I played that part again. I mean, I'm aware of it, I think, and I'm starting to have a stronger voice in myself and what I think is important to me and being okay with people not liking what I think is important. I think that's a huge thing for me right now. All right. Two things I'm going to hit you with. One is something you said literally one year ago. It was right before Thanksgiving, this time last year, when you said, I want to stop telling people what they want to hear and just telling them what I want to say. And what you're describing now sounds like that's kind of you've had a year of trying that out, doing that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more authentic and just more real for you. Yeah. The other thing, when you mentioned trying to make yourself different for the other person, for who you're with, I want to bring in the church for you because I know that's a big part of your life. And with old girlfriend, it was, I'm not going enough. I need to go more. I need to do more. And with old girlfriend, I just don't go at all. Right. And I think you kind of shifted a little where you were like, no, this is, this is something that I do. And bringing friend into your church was huge when you did that. You were like, this is a part of me. Tell me a little bit about how you see what we were just talking about, being yourself and not catering to others and what they want to hear and bringing some of yourself to your relationships and, and letting that voice out. It's funny you bring this up. I had hung out with an old homeboy from back home. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, probably. I was just kind of telling him my viewpoint on where I felt the church was at at this point. It was really nice for him to say, hey, man, like, it's a lot different down here. L.A. is a way different church than it is in Seattle. And the whole church itself is transforming. And so don't transform with it. Stay with who you are and stay with where I feel my foundation is. And my relationship with God isn't my relationship with the church. My viewpoint on my church right now is I know where I'm at in the sense of my relationship with God. And I'm seeing that take on new forms. My day-to-day -day conversations, that's where I want to be as my church. That's what I consider my church now is people being doing, having a relationship, talking, and it is not always centered around God. Just having a conversation is so impactful to so many people. I was trying to go to church for people to hear me when now I'm understanding that my role I can play as a listener too. Yeah, I like that. I like how you distinguish your relationship with God from your relationship with church. Part of what you're talking about and describing now, it's less about where's the group that I want to belong to and how do I fit into it versus when I know how I want to be, I'm going to attract and what's going to be around me is the group, is my community. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was thinking about this the other day too. And it's crazy we're talking about this because this was literally on my mind thought process the other day. And I was thinking about old girlfriend and who I was in that moment in, in that season of my life. And I really lost myself to what I thought I wanted to be and really lost my purpose and where I wanted to go in life. Over the course of the last couple of months, what I've kind of come to realize is I'm building a team that not only are like-minded to where we want to go, but it's 
it's so much more than just a brand now. As far as mindset-wise, we're all kind of aligned there. And it's really allowed me to venture into testing new grounds of what does a community really look like. And they're my best friends. And so I was like, holy shit, like the conversations that I have with this community are so much deeper and so much more meaningful and so much more impactful on me as who I am because it's so real. And, and I think that's what I, I was so frustrated with in my church is how right. much of sod there was. So I, I feel that my church is now my community in my day-to-day life. It's more authentically and naturally happening around you. And you can now call that my community. You didn't have to seek it out, go to it, find it, create it. You had to just almost surrender to it, allow it to happen and stay open to it. I mean, we've talked a lot about the Green Beret versus the Boy Scout with all the gear and the difference between being prepared by virtue of having everything ready or being prepared by virtue of who you are. And it seems like that is more how you are now and talking about community. Previous, like community was, okay, can I fit in at church? How am I going to act and what am I going to say to these people so they'll accept me versus you just going, nah, this is how I am. Sort of like, man, even going back to the wedding, that preparation of you being you and being okay with that. Right. And I hear that that's kind of how you've been able to find and create this community around you. Absolutely. And we're back. (laughs) Amazing how that happens. And just to let you guys know, this was a shorter one because there was a lot of stuff that he was talking about that we had to cut out, like things that were related to his Thanksgivings and family and friends and church stuff. And it was too identifying. So we pulled out quite a bit of stuff mm-hmm. from this one, but we got a nice chunk here. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot we can work with. Yeah, there's so many things that like touch on themes that have been present throughout your work with Drew. And mm. I don't know, there was a few different elements for me where things were really coming full circle. And yeah, there was what I call like time travel moments where you pulled him back to like, hey, do you remember a year ago at Thanksgiving and how you were feeling and what you were saying? And I think those are such cool moments where you get to reflect back to him, like what he was saying, what he thought, how he felt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because literally Bonnie and I, Mm -hmm. we did one last week and she was saying something similar. And it's cool because that's, these are, session two different sessions Mm -hmm. a week apart and yet there's kind of a theme especially with it being the holidays like thanksgiving Mm -hmm. you know just passed and going into christmas so it's it's reflection Mm -hmm. and to be able to kind of reflect and and see that we kind of all do that i think towards the end of the year but doing that in a session like Mm -hmm. you're right it it is kind of cool and it for some i i said this to him i say this to him every now and then still For some, they kind of think like, oh, well, it's coming full circle and I've grown so much. Does that mean I'm done? Right? <laughs> yep. I, I don't know if you remember. Like, <laughs> right? Yep, you're totally done. Your egg timer has gone off. And right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Bye. Have a nice life. Right. <laughs> no, and it's and some clients feel that way. Like, absolutely. I think there's always more work we can do. Personal growth is never ending. And for some, it's it's like 
yeah, but I, I like this. It, it works and, mm-hmm. and stuff will come up. And the people we've talked about this, some people mm-hmm. want to see us and they'll call in and we'll go, okay, well, what's going on? And they go, well, nothing's going on. I just want this mm-hmm. as like preventative. Totally. Which, and you and I have talked about this too. It's like, we go in for like dental checkups. We go in for medical checkups. Mm-hmm. We go in for all these things just to make sure things are functioning okay. But where is that for our brains, our souls, our hearts? Right. And just having a place to know that you're being like supported and held and like yeah, the container to take your junk yeah. and, and dump it once a week. It's like flossing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Right. Sorry for all the, I had dental work done like a month ago. So I'm still in this like dental metaphor category. Yeah, but that, so. that, that's right on. I floss, right. I floss once a week. Yeah, that's totally. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what's re- recommended, right? Right. Once yeah. a week or once is it week. once a month? It might be once a month. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listeners, you let us know. Cause I always get that one confused. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, what I think is cool with Drew, it's you seeing his progress, but then finding these moments of pointing it out to him. Hmm. I feel like sometimes as therapists, we see the things and they don't see it yet in themselves. And it's like finding the right opening and right. the right moment to kind of reflect that. And yeah. and so what in this session for you was like, hey, this is really a moment to do a callback. Interesting, because I, I think it was hearing certain him mm-hmm. say certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm connecting them to what we've done and what he's experienced that he's told me about, mm-hmm. right? And I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was one point in the session where he just kind of went, oh man, I don't know why, but that just made me think of this, this experience Mm -hmm. from junior high school. Mm. Like, yeah. And to be able to then reflect on that was cool because we're in that reflective mode Mm -hmm. and you don't even think about some of these things unless you start making those connections, Mm -hmm. having those reflections and just hearing him be okay with not going home for Thanksgiving and, you know, saying Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, my parents have COVID. So I didn't get to go like that's messed up and hearing him not go into that alarm state, fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need to be there. I need to take care of them. I'm like strapping on that Cape. Right. Right. And it was like, dude, do you hear yourself now? This is amazing. Like it strikes me every time he does that. And it's, you're right because it i can say that every session then it just be broken record and it would lose its impact mm-hmm. so looking for the opening and looking for mm-hmm. when it makes sense and would have impact to say this was one of those sessions where there were just a couple moments where i thought that yeah that was like the the main thing i took from it it was like it was very much a session where you were being the mirror to be like hey did you just hear yourself say that right, right. because it's not about what we say it's about repeating their words back to them and being like hey what did you just hear yourself say? Because it was pretty freaking awesome from my perspective. Yeah. And him getting that point at the beginning about they're going to be okay, even if they're not okay. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. Which is such huge growth for him. And like, that's one of my favorite things is like, how can you be okay even when you're not okay? Because that's okay. And like sitting with uncertainty and sitting with not knowing and right. all of that. And I love how you've done that work with him so he can be like, yeah. It's it's wild. He and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. I keep threatening to you guys. <laughs> we're going to do an episode where he actually listens to an old session. <laughs> and we kind of do that true reflection mm-hmm. like that. Because it's it's amazing to hear him talking about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. now, knowing where he was. Mm-hmm. 
I just can't stress it enough how much of an honor it is to be part of that journey because you're right, Sasha, it's it's his words. Mm-hmm. I'll pat myself on the back. I, I'm a pretty good guide and interpreter and, and reflector, but it's really his growth. He's the one doing the work mm-hmm. and it's amazing to to show it to him. Me being a broken record, like you can go to the gym and, and work out. You're not going to see anything change day to day, but mm-hmm. over a, a period of time, whether it's six months or a year, mm-hmm. look at those two snapshots and it's huge, hugely different. Totally. And I think that's why Thanksgiving is such like this metaphor of growth. It's not Thanksgiving in particular. It's not about like turkey and sides and all of that. <laughs> but like for him, it's what holidays mean to him. Right. To use your guys' metaphor, the mile marker in time. Right. Or like the Harry Potter snapshots and everything like that. Please, any metaphor with Harry Potter, I'm so in. <laughs> like just saying like right? it is... Yeah, that's one of my go-tos. I, right on. Yeah, I know yours is Star Wars a lot. I use the Harry Potter. <laughs> I know, I'm there. I know. I'm, I'm I use Star Wars, so. Right, right. You yeah. can do it. This is the way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> totally. I've been using that a lot recently. Nice. Yeah. But because historically holidays have been so hard for him to be able to right. like create his own traditions and be like, cheeseburgers. <laughs> I freaking loved that so much. And just yeah. him making it his own instead of having it be the traditions he grew up with. It's taking all these old ideas, shaking them out and being like, what's actually mine? Yeah. Yeah. And, and taking ownership of it. And there might be things that meant something to him, mm-hmm. you know, from the past that he does want to keep around. Mm-hmm. And that's also making it mine and having mm-hmm. it be his, Totally, even if it's borrowed or, or yeah. wherever it comes blue, from. Blue, whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> something borrowed, something blue, yeah. uh, something, something and something new. I don't remember I, what that all is. I'm terrible at little rhymey things. So <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that one's important though. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But just figuring out what he wants in his own agency over the holidays, his experience of the holidays and right. getting to, I come from a super narrative background, as you know, like reauthor this whole experience of like how he wants to be and where he's going in his story in that moment. So. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of where he's been with becoming his own individual mm-hmm. and feeling that it's becoming the author of his own story. Mm-hmm. He and I talk about the lead actor in your own movie. He's actually scripting it though, mm-hmm. or improvising mm-hmm. it, going with it. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because he now knows his character mm-hmm. so well, right? Although there was something about <laughs> his character. I had no idea until he dropped it here. I don't know if he said it in an earlier session and I just didn't catch mm-hmm. it. But when he was like, oh yeah, I don't really have a sense of smell. <laughs> what? Record scratch? Right, yeah. totally, like- totally. It was, it was one of those moments <laughs> for me where... And, you know, funny because I could hear Meredith being like, wait, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? Is <laughs> this not on the assessment? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like, hold on. Hold on. Wait, can you smell this? Smell this. Smell this. You know? And it's for me, I think even when he said that, I just kind of did do the record scratch. Like, wait, yeah. what? Because we're talking about Thanksgiving. But it, and it's it's one of those. It's sort of a blend mm. of channeling a little bit of Meredith of like, I, I want to know about this. But also like, that's no small thing to mm. just say that. Because it could be horribly uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I don't know the history of it for him. Mm-hmm. Like if going to certain meals with friends or, or things or just not being able to, to relate to people mm-hmm. that way and vice versa. They can't relate to him necessarily. Totally. And 
it was this interesting moment and the choice of being like acknowledging it, being like, yo, what's that like for you? How did I not know this? All of that without like getting a full, like, so when did you first learn that? Uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> is this right. genetic? Cause you right. say your dad doesn't have one either. And right. I thought there was like the really beautiful moment of his mom having lost her sense of smell being like, Oh, this is what you've been telling me yeah. about her really being able to understand his experience, which is cool. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's cool. It's also something for him. Mm -hmm. He's really wanted for so long. And as the therapist, I'm like, that is cool. And it's not Mm -hmm. for the reason that Mm -hmm. he's been working on. I don't need to share everything with somebody so they don't need to experience my Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. It's okay. They Mm -hmm. can just kind of have their own. And he even said, you know, that line that he said, everybody experiences things differently because of the experiences they've gone through. Mm-hmm. And then I, I pull in that old one that I love, the City of Angels movie. Mm-hmm. What does a pear taste like to you? Right? Totally. Which is like this crazy thing. I remember, I think it was like college days being like, oh, what if we all see the color blue differently? And like, <laughs> right. I think there's like weird existential questions that everyone like asks mm-hmm. themselves way too late at night <laughs> on, right. in college. When there may or may not have been substances It may or may not. Right? Yeah, plead the fifth there. Um, <laughs> but the whole idea of the subjective nature of experience. Yeah. And really him knowing his own experience and not needing to have someone there to reflect it or validate it or be kind of a witness to it or be in it. I don't know. There's something so inherently powerful about yeah. him coming to that. Hey, if I just have my experience, then I can share it with others. Right. But I don't have to, cause it's mine. I don't know. He was really stepping into like his agency and power. Absolutely. And it's, it's so great. Mm-hmm. As therapists, we mm-hmm. hear that and we can recognize what that is and totally. what that means. And it might not seem like a big deal when you're going through it or when you're in it. But when we hear it and go, wow, yeah. that mm-hmm. your own agency, like you're owning your experience. That's amazing. Totally. You know, and sometimes in the moment they hear it, sometimes we'll revisit it in a few weeks, a few months. Mm-hmm. That's why, as we're talking about the reflections and looking back on things. Sometimes it's just these tiny little like Lego blocks you're building it up into some structure over time. Right. What's cool in that, that I was thinking about, it's these teeny tiny little glimpses of unique, in narrative, we call it unique outcomes, Hmm. where it's like something just a little bit shiny happens that's a little bit different. Right. And as therapists, it's really like we see this glint and we're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Right. (laughs) And going back to the beginning of how do you kind of, choose where to be like, Hey, do you see that shiny thing in the corner right there? Yeah. And I think there is a lot to timing about it. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's funny. I, I see almost the inverse from one of my favorite movies, the matrix. Mm. And you said the, the glint, yeah. like, like that's mm-hmm. the kind of the new thing, mm-hmm. but there's a moment in that movie yeah. where the lead character, Neo kind of mm-hmm. walks by somewhere and just goes, Whoa, you know, <laughs> because he sees, he sees something and everybody just goes, what? And he goes, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's weird. I, you know, he mm-hmm. sees like a cat cross mm-hmm. the path and it was like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I just yeah. saw that. And then it happened again. And totally. they're like, wait, exactly the same. Yeah. That's a glitch in the matrix. <gasps> right. Totally. And that's totally what it is. It's this glitch in the matrix. And I'm going to take it one step further. Yeah. If we're playing with like metaphors here. 
there's a book series I loved growing up and it's being made into a series right now on HBO. Mm. Man, I feel like I'm just giving like shout outs to different like, yeah, or, bring it on. but, um, his dark materials and oh, yeah. the Philip Pullman book series. But in the second book, the, the kid will has this knife where he has to feel the exact place where it cuts into another dimension. And, and he has to like put all of his like soul and energy and like juju, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) into the end of the knife tip. And that's how he can access stepping into this other version of reality, but pulling it back to Drew for a second. Yeah. Like those are the little moments where he gets to step into a different version of himself and a different performance of identity. And which is a preferred one for him. Like he wants to be able to be cool with himself right? and wherever he goes wherever he is, whoever he's with. And it's just been a challenge for him. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what his junior high school thought mm-hmm. was. Yes. You know, it was like, oh, right. People, mm-hmm. what do you say? People don't like you for who you are. So mm-hmm. be the person that they like. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, we hear yeah. that and, mm-hmm. and we might think like, oh man, how fucked up is that? Yeah. But how normal is that? In terms of trying to fit in, trying mm-hmm. to be liked, trying mm-hmm. to, to be okay, trying to be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And reflecting like the human needs of like, in order to be accepted and loved, I need to act a certain way. Right. And him being able to call back to that, just like out of the blue. Right. Because like, that's the coolest thing is memories will bubble to the surface. We're in a place to actually process them and experience them. Right. And it's, it's sort of like those glitches or those mm-hmm. glints when you start seeing it. Then it's like, wow, wait, I can see everything this way. Like, oh man. And back here in junior high, I remember it getting reinforced because yeah. I remember that thought there. Yes. And we're going, right. And yeah. now we can see that those thoughts are erroneous. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're distorted. Mm-hmm. They were there for a reason. Totally. But the reasoning might have been flawed. Mm-hmm. And now we have a chance to correct it, totally. not to blame ourselves and fault mm-hmm. ourselves because mm-hmm. it probably for many of us worked. Yeah right? And got us to where we are. It just no longer serves us. Totally. And it's like, that was an adaptive response in the moment. We are really cool, like adaptive creatures. Mm -hmm. And his seventh grade self was like, man, I don't feel like I fit in. I feel alone. Alone feels bad. Yeah. Let me slip on this different suit for a minute. Let me try on some greens or whatever. Like, right. right. Oh, look at you bringing back his his wedding. I know. Seriously, it's like I've heard all these episodes before. Right. Well, and that's it's it's totally cool because it led him to talking Mm -hmm. about church. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about church. Like I said, a lot of that got cut, Mm -hmm. but he was really talking about his church experience overall and how church for him had been community and had been a place where people can hear him and mm-hmm. where, where he's understood and mm-hmm. had some experiences recently with his church where he's mm-hmm. like, wait a second, that's mm. not, no. And then he kind of came back around and was like, wait, maybe it's not my place to be heard. It's, it's, I can be a listener mm-hmm. and I can just listen and absorb. Wow. I, we'll see where that one takes him. Totally. And how that unfolds. Him with this, how you guys broke it down, like his relationship to church versus his relationship to his conception of spirituality, God, whatever. Like, I think the, the way I kind of thought about it is I think he said his shift from trying to go to church for people versus trying to go to people for church. And like, I don't know, because he is such a thing about community. You can tell how important it is for him to feel a part of, right? Yeah. And of use in community. Totally. So it's like this value of service, value of connection, value of all of that. 
and him talking about like, oh, I can just be out there connecting with a person and feel God, feel community, whatever, whatever it is. And what I heard the absent, but implicit in it was this big aha moment for him where he's like, oh, I don't need to go sit in a room to be a spiritual man. Right. I can be a man of faith. Anywhere. I don't know. Yeah walking down like <laughs> Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. I'm like a little bit of a new LA transplant. So I'm like, <laughs> come up with the street, come up with the street quick. Melrose place. Yeah. <laughs> the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> no, no spirituality. No, on the TV show. not in Melrose place no, no. at all. Um, Although watching it as a kid, it was kind of spiritual. <laughs> something. No, no, no. Trying no, no, to, no, no. You're no. thinking of something else completely. Yeah. That was, that was not Melrose place maybe, at maybe, all. Maybe the matrix or Harry it Potter. May, it totally. Yeah. Like I would even give it to like, I don't know, my so-called life. Did you watch that? With Jared Leto and mm -hmm. uh, Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Yeah. 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 Supposedly Daria is coming back too. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that whole part. And like, because a theme you guys have hit on a lot is this value of community. And one of the first things I remember about Drew is I'm not going to find the people I want in LA and very LA bashing. (laughs) And it's funny because I've been down, I've been in LA a year when I started working with you and hearing these sessions and stuff like that, where I'm like, Oh man, (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. I feel this kid. Yeah. Like, (laughs) right. And and people don't know this. I know this about you, but your first year here, Mm a lot of the the work you were doing was out in Malibu at the yeah, treatment centers there. Totally. And that's, that's a whole other world. Completely. I think the East side, West side LA thing is, is real. And <laughs> like right. community, like you find your people wherever you are and hearing him have that experience of, Oh man, if I am just me. Right. Like there's a story you told in one of these sessions forever ago that I think about, I think mm. it was the guy starting grad school or going to law school. I can't remember what, right. what school. <laughs> oh, but business. He was going to business, business school. graduate program in business. Okay, school. cool. Yeah, I know what you're talking and, about. Yep. And just going in and being like, who do I want to have in my tribe? Right. Who do I want to have around me? Who are the people that excite me? Because right. it's such a flip from right. like glass being half empty versus glass being half full. Totally. I think it was even like your guys' first session where it's like, it's all about authenticity for him. Yeah. It's all about him having integrity and having authenticity and vulnerability, right. all these beautiful traits Yeah, that, cause those are his North star, right? Those are yeah. the things that are always guiding him in the sky. Right. How can you just be like, Oh, pull that out in every place. But he's the one now following that without you needing to. Exactly. Well, and, and he's following it because it's coming from him. He might've been looking for it externally, but really, truly for him mm-hmm. feeling it from mm-hmm. himself. That's that business grad school client that I had really looking at who fits in with you. Totally. If you embody these things that mm-hmm. you value, mm-hmm. then the people that are drawn to you that naturally will, will come around mm-hmm. are people that share those values. Completely. I know, it's like- Mind-blowing. Oh, I didn't know yeah. it was that easy. Because, and I will say, <laughs> I do remember being in high school. It was not that easy. No in high school be yourself dude fuck no nobody did that in high school you can't do that no no i don't know if you had this experience but i remember getting to college and being like wait there's other like weird kids who like the music (laughs) i do who like play guitar and do all these things that i thought made me so weird right and then you find your people who are like 
oh yeah, like you're also really geeky about like comic books or right. like, you know, indie rock or yep. I'm just like throwing out random crap right now, but like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Random crap. That's, that's, that's our weird. Like, okay, great. Yeah. I actually specifically remember being at UCLA mm-hmm. and I grew up in LA okay. and going to UCLA was like, oh wow, I can yeah. go to school here where I used to like play soccer on the field and oh, think like, yeah. I'll never make it. Like, wow, cool. Yeah. And when I was actually a student, I remember being doe-eyed freshman mm. and walking, it's called Bruin Walk. It's like the okay. little main walk and walking and seeing like all these little tables and stands with all these different clubs. So all these different clubs and things happening on campus. And I remember it was like being a kid, literally a kid mm-hmm. in a candy store where you're just like, oh, I want, I want one of everything. And I want a little that. Oh my God, they have jawbreakers. I love jawbreakers. Like, oh, and Abba Zabba, I'm grabbing that. It yeah. was seeing like these different groups of like almost anything you could think of. And mm-hmm. there's a whole group doing that. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you permission. Right. To just be like, okay, this right. is fine. Yeah, I can actually be this. It's not necessarily, oh, my people are over there. I can join my people. It's, oh, I can have all these different facets of me come Mm -hmm. out and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. And then you start to get more and more comfortable with yourself and with being okay, Mm -hmm. that it just becomes you. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, like that's for a lot of people I know, but also like people I work with, like college was that experience of shedding some of the chameleon layers or whatever to throw out like Mm -hmm. Drew's metaphor on that one. A lot of people have to fit into a certain box in high school, like not to like completely breakfast club all over the place, but like, (laughs) you know, where do you fit? If you're not a jock or a princess, you're going to be a basket case. Right, right, right. (laughs) I don't know. Now I'm singing Green Day in my head. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm doing simple minds. Okay, cool. Yeah. But it it, it is, it is like that. And, And we do, I think naturally, we start to look for where we're going to fit in and how we're going to be a chameleon and adjust to that. And then there's that shift of really feeling it for ourselves and finding it. And that's where Drew has been. And where he's kind of seeing like, oh, wait, the church experience. Oh, wait, I don't have to just go fit into it there. And that's how it is. And that's how I need to mm-hmm. be. It's this is coming from within me and I'm letting it come out that way. Mm-hmm. And then let's see where that takes me. Let's see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool to see that process. Mm-hmm. And He's what, 25, maybe 26 at this point. I can't remember exactly because we're in real time and podcast <laughs> yeah, time. Totally. It's, it's different. Yeah. But he's young. Yeah. And I've worked with people that are 10 years younger, 10 years older, mm-hmm. even more, even mm-hmm. more old and more young. And <laughs> not too much more young, though. <laughs> not, not too much. Not, not anymore. I mean, in my career, I've worked with anywhere from six mm-hmm. to 60. And it's the same for everyone. Mm-hmm at any stage. Mm -hmm. This could be true of any stage. And that to me, again, it's about personal growth. It's ongoing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's our lives are like this. Yeah. It's like that whole work in progress kind of metaphor. Oh, wow. You've completed this chapter of your development, but like what's next and change is constant. (laughs) Exactly. And that's like, Ooh, well, what is next? And and that's, (laughs) we don't know. And that's part of the fun of doing therapy with clients Mm -hmm. is we don't know exactly what's next. We have an idea of some of where they need to go or where they want to go and how to get them there and how to go with them there. Mm -hmm. But we don't know doing it in real time, what's going to come in, in the room Mm -hmm. on any given week. And it's, to me, part of the fun 
of doing the job. It, it keeps it, mm-hmm. I don't want to say interesting because even, even the weeks where clients come in and go, Oh, I don't know what to talk about. I don't have anything. Yeah. That's still interesting. Totally. Right. Yeah. That's where we can, Oh, cool. Well, let's see what comes up. And yeah. now that neither one of us has an agenda, what's going to happen? What's going to unfold? Completely. Because there is the difference between a client being like, Oh my God, I just need to talk to you about this thing that happened this week. And I'm so just spinning. And there's those sessions. Right. Right. Versus the ones where like, I, I almost just wanted to cancel because I didn't have anything to talk about. And that's when you can get to like really cool places totally. because it's just open. Yeah. There's no agenda. It's like, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's play with it. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Totally. Yeah. And as therapists, that's where we, you just listen and you're, you take them where they're going. Yeah. It's cool. You guys out there, you will hear where we're going next, where Drew's going. I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. that this kid keeps on growing. Dude. And I don't say kid like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is a kid. I'm a freaking He's old actually man. a goat. <laughs> <laughs> where this goat is going. <laughs> we say this. Meanwhile, there is a dog splayed oh. out on the couch over there. Yeah. Just being such a good kid. Hmm. See, that's a kid too. Yeah. They're all kids. Yeah. So thank you, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will be back at you next week. Don't know. Could be Meredith with me here next week. Could be Sasha. Could be. Could yeah. be you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you do just like some big giveaway. Like. That's right. That's right. Come do a breakdown with me. <laughs> Why not? Hang out with Beckett. Yeah. That's right. Well, Sasha, thank you. I'd say thank you for joining me, but of course yeah. you're going to join me. Like yeah. we talk all the time. Totally. Thank yeah. you for recording with me. Thank awesome. you for being here. Thank you for letting me use these really cool microphones Absolutely. and have this experience. So Definitely. it was awesome. Excellent. Bye everybody.